Let's open our Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We are studying the seven deadly sins during this Lenten season. Sins that through the centuries have proven to be the root sins of lots of other kinds of sins. And this morning we're studying the sin of gluttony. You'll notice in this passage the topic heading in my Bible is sexual immorality. But it deals with the principle, I think, that deals with food and gluttony and other areas of life as well. So, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we'll begin at verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Food for the stomach and the stomach for food but God will destroy them both. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. By His power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and He will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you have received from God, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. This is the word of the Lord. So maybe you were at a Super Bowl party last week like I was. And if your Super Bowl party was anything like the one I was at, there was a lot of food and snacks. Our food table covered the island of the kitchen of the home we were meeting in. It looked a lot like that picture. There was all kinds of good foods, smoked ribs and chicken wings and pulled pork, fruits and vegetables and crackers with all kinds of cheeses and dips, and a whole separate counter with dessert items, cookies and brownies and some chocolatey sort of dessert. So I loaded up my plate and went downstairs with the guys to watch the game. And as I finished my plate, I thought, now I need to go get some dessert. I really like dessert. But I was awfully full. So as I sat there thinking about it, I thought, maybe I'll just wait for halftime. Give the food a little chance to settle, and by then I might be ready for a little bit more. So I went up during halftime, got a half of one of those brownies with a little peanut butter cup in it and a little caramel drizzled on it. I had some peanut M&M's and that death by chocolate sort of dessert, and it was all delicious. Several of us were complaining that we had eaten a bit too much. One in particular, the guy sitting next to me, you know who you are. He'd eaten too many peanut M&M's evidently that night. But that's what we think about, isn't it? When we think of the sin of gluttony, we think of people who are overeating. I did a, a Google image search 
for gluttony, and these are the images that came up. All of them are of either people who are very overweight, they're just stuffing their mouths with way too much food, far more than they could ever eat. And that's the stereotype of someone who deals with gluttony. But that stereotype lets most of us off the hook. Most of us don't look like that. Most of us don't eat like that. Let me give you an example. A while back, Sue and I were talking with a friend of hers, a woman, and she admitted to us that she likes potato chips. Well, who doesn't? But she would open a bag of potato chips at night and she would eat the whole bag by herself, she said to us. And I didn't want to show how just how shocked I was because I've never done such a thing. But you kind of want to, maybe you just keep right on going. And evidently she does. And she is super thin. I don't know of too many people thinner than this lady doesn't look at all like someone who would deal with gluttony. And yet, she admitted to us she likes potato chips. And when it comes to that, she is a real glutton. Just can't stop until the bag is finished. So what is gluttony exactly? The dictionary defines gluttony as excessive eating and drinking. Wikipedia says it's to gulp down or swallow... It's an overindulgence and overconsumption of food or drink to the point of extravagance or waste. As I've studied gluttony, thought about it a bit this past week, I just give it a very simple definition. Gluttony is excessive indulgence. It's excessive indulgence in something. It doesn't even have to be food. For some people, of course, it is food. That's how we think of this sin. But for other people, it could be clothes. There are people I know whose closets are jam-packed with clothes, some of them with the tags still hanging on them. They haven't had a chance to wear them, and yet they're out shopping for more because they're a glutton when it comes to shopping. They just can't help themselves. They just have to keep getting more. It's kind of crazy, but that's the truth. You could be a glutton when it comes to playing video games. You just can't stop yourself. You spend hours and hours of your life or on social media or on our phones. For others of us, it's watching sports. We just can't get enough of it. We're consumed by it. I heard of a couple whose excessive indulgence is world travel. They are in their 60s. They love to travel the world and they are over $50,000 in debt because they can't afford to travel, but they just keep taking trips. They can't get enough of it. So there's all sorts of ways that gluttony can take root in our hearts and lives. It can be an excessive indulgence in nearly anything. For King Solomon, it was women. According to 1 Kings 11, he had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. You think that was enough? That's just crazy. And it says his wives led him astray. Many of them were foreign women, worshipped idols and pagan gods, and they wanted their husband to build them a temple for their pagan god in his country. And so he did. 
Lots of them. This is why Paul gives us some very wise words in our text in verse 12. Let's read verse 12 together. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. So what is beneficial? There's nothing wrong with food. It's a necessity in our lives. There's nothing wrong with clothes. We all need clothes. There's nothing wrong with video games or smartphones or sports or travel. All of these things, you could argue, are God's good gifts to us that we should enjoy and give Him thanks for. And I would say, Amen. There's texts in Scripture that say exactly that. But... When we become excessively preoccupied with one of those things, then it becomes a problem. Certainly, eating food is permissible. We all need to do it. But when you start to focus on food too much, that's not beneficial anymore. We can become enslaved and mastered by it. So Paul talks about this in Philippians 3 as well. He says, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. Their God is their appetite. Our appetite can be for any number of things. But if Jesus Christ is Lord, and if we've invited Jesus to be the Lord in our lives, then everything in our lives has to be submitted to and subjected to Him. But if we find ourselves focusing on one of His good gifts, and Jesus gets thrown onto the back burner, and that good gift gets to be on our front burner and becomes the focal point of our life, at least for a while... That's not good. That's not healthy. It's not right. It's gluttony. So as you think about your life, I wonder if there's an excessive indulgence that you have. Anything you tend to obsess about, any preoccupation you have, it could be with something that's good in and of itself, but it becomes too much. It's a gluttonous sort of thing. You spend a lot of time and attention there. Now, if you're not sure what that might be for you, you might ask your spouse or a best friend. They have a different vantage point into your life, and they might be able to say, you know, maybe it's X or maybe it's Y for you. But whenever there's a part of our life where gluttony has sunk its roots in and we become enslaved by some excessive indulgence, let me consider, let me, let me ask you to consider fasting. Consider a fast. Go cold turkey without that thing for a period of time and see how that goes for you. If it truly is something that you struggle with gluttony about, it's going to be really difficult for you to do that. To not have that 
thing that you tend to give way too much time and attention to not be a part of your life at all, it'll feel like some, like you're killing something. It won't be comfortable. But it also might be sort of freeing. Because all of a sudden you realize this is the way my life is supposed to be and I've become excessively preoccupied with this other thing. And it frees up your time for more important things. Or if that particular thing is too difficult to fast from, then I would suggest try fasting from something different. Because the discipline of fasting sort of can transfer to different areas of our lives. So let's say you have a difficulty with a focus on food, but it's too difficult to fast from food. Well, then try fasting from screen time on your phone, say, for a period of time. Because if you can show a bit of discipline to do that, well, then you can prove to yourself, I just might have the discipline to fast from the thing I really need to fast from. So start with something different and move into the thing you need to give up. Maybe we need to give up something for Lent. Sue and I have said for Lent this year, after 8 o'clock at night, we are not going to be on our phones unless by mutual consent. Or you have to answer a text or something, but otherwise it tends to be just a little too much sometimes. So we're just going to fast from that for a while. See how that goes. Maybe there's something like that that you need to try fasting from. Food is good, but the Bible says we don't live on bread alone. So the challenge is to strive for moderation. That's the message of our text. Moderation in all things. And finally, maybe the most important thing that we can do when we struggle with the sin of gluttony is to seek Jesus. And that may sound like strange advice. It may seem sort of unrelated at first. But what's often going on when we're obsessed with something is that we're trying to meet a real need in an inappropriate way. Maybe we eat because we're stressed. We eat because we're anxious. But the more we eat, it doesn't create less stress or anxiety. It can create more. It doesn't work. It's a false sense of security. Frederick Buechner defines gluttony as going to the icebox for a cure for spiritual malnutrition. A bowl of ice cream is good, but it's not going to solve our problems. Or we spend too much time watching sports or on your phones. Spending too much time in front of a screen is not going to solve whatever problem we're trying to solve by spending time there. It'll probably just make it worse. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for joy. We're looking for happiness sometimes in the wrong places. And we're not going to find it there. Because we have a God-shaped hole in our heart and nothing can fill that hole except for Jesus. So we have to seek more of Jesus. And then we'll find what we're looking for. Isaiah talks about this in Isaiah 55. Let's read this together. Why spend your money on food that does not give you strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good. 
you will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is here. And our text also picks up on this in verse 13. It says, The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. So what we did earlier this morning by taking a small piece of bread and a small cup of juice is going to do more to satisfy our souls than all the gluttony in the world. What our hearts long for ultimately is only found in Jesus. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Spend ample time with Him. Enjoy God and enjoy His good gifts in moderation and you will find your soul is satisfied like it should be. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank You for Jesus, for satisfying our souls deeply in being our all in all. And Lord, thank You for so many good gifts, so many good things, so many blessings that we enjoy. But we pray Your forgiveness when we begin to seek our joy and satisfaction in Your gifts rather than in You. Lord, help us to see where we may be a bit excessively indulgent in something. Show us what it is that we're truly seeking and how that need can be satisfied in the right way. Give us more of Christ. And we thank You that those who seek and find You will never be hungry again. May that be so for us. In Jesus' name. Amen.